The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I'd like to say a few words about relating to thinking and imagination, both in practice and in daily life. There's a quote often attributed to Mark Twain, and he says something like, as an old man, I've looked back on my life at all of these great difficulties, most of which never happened. Most of which never happened, right? Our minds, our minds can make up such incredible scenarios and stories So um, a lot of our thinking necessarily includes imagination, of course. You know, imagining driving to work, imagining leaving the house, whatever it is. But some of it's not so helpful, right? This catastrophizing, the difficulty, the distress even if the thoughts are about something real, there's often a distortion process in the thinking, the imagining. So the Buddha has described many methods for working with reality, for what arises in our bodies and minds. And I'm going to talk about one method that he speaks about. So it involves three steps, but first it rests on this foundation to recognize, and this is a refrain in some of his teachings, that whatever a practitioner thinks about, ponders upon regularly, that will become the inclination of your mind. So if thoughts of ill will, sensual desire, catastrophe, fear, anger arise, and we indulge in them, that becomes the inclination of the mind. If thoughts of generosity, kindness, peace, equanimity, joy arise regularly, slowly, slowly that turns the cruise ship of the mind in that direction. So with this in mind, the Buddha suggests that we divide our thoughts all thoughts, not just imagination, but here we'll talk about imagination, into two kinds. Those that increase suffering and affliction for ourselves, for other people, or for both, and those that decrease suffering and affliction for ourselves, others, or both. So just a simple division. When those thoughts come up, to recognize, oh, this is making things worse. Or, oh, this, this is different. This is okay. The second step is noticing when a train of thought has left the station, maybe just when it's begun to pull out. Recognizing the fact of it growing imagination growing a sense of suffering, of dis-ease, 
to recognize when seeing that helps it subside. So mindfulness has this amazing property that as long as we're not involved, resisting, entangled, seeing what is unhelpful tends to naturally help those thought processes, imagination processes, subside and decrease. Now this may happen once with the seeing. More often, for most of us, it happens with a repeated seeing, oh, this direction leads to suffering. This direction is not helpful. But that noticing over and over again of the unhelpfulness and, oh, not useful. Eventually those thoughts, there's distance, a little bit of distance, and they can begin to subside some. Okay? Noticing, on the other hand, in this second step, when a fight of fancy, some imagination, some thinking, doesn't have the quality of afflicting, bringing greater greater suffering to yourself, to others, or to both, then um, notice what its effects are. Maybe it's relaxation, peace, joy. Especially noticing when that kind of thought might lead to beneficial qualities, generosity, wisdom, especially wisdom. And in this kind of magical way, mindfulness, awareness, can nurture those kinds of thoughts when noticed. When we notice the beneficial effects of imagining an act of altruism, imagining beneficial outcomes, those loop back too and they begin to grow. It can be helpful to nourish these to appreciate, appreciate any of the little goodness that comes out. Maybe there's a greater sense of confidence or clarity or just joy or peace. To notice that and nourish it. Savoring the good. Noticing the pleasant of the good. Well, noticing the unpleasant of what is afflicting. Sometimes when the affliction, afflictive imagination is too much, it can be really helpful to bring in other tools. So the first is to keep a close eye on that train of thought, that particular imaginative loop. The Buddha offers a simile of a cowherd keeping very close watch over the cows so that they don't go eat the neighbor's crops and get them in trouble. Right? It's like that. It's like really keeping an eye on things as they start to develop. Another way that the Buddha talks about working with afflictive thoughts, especially fear and distress, is the practice of loving kindness and compassion. This can be a simple attitude of, oh, it's okay. Oh, this doesn't feel good. Okay. Or it can be the formal practice. May I be happy, healthy, safe, 
peaceful, easeful, free, to really turn towards that with wishes, good wishes for whatever is happening in your own mind and heart, to subside and allow peace. When the beneficial thoughts, beneficial imagination is there, the Buddha also offers a simile of a cowherd. In this case, the person watching the cows, the crops have all been harvested already. There's nothing that the neighbors will be upset about. So the herder can just kick back under a tree and keep a casual eye out, noticing that the cows are around and grazing. So that kind of laissez-faire, laid-back approach is helpful when the thoughts are beneficial, allowing them, settled back, allowing them just to be there. And then the third step, finally, is to eventually notice, after savoring whatever good qualities come up from this beneficial kind of thought train, oh, there'd be no harm from this if these thoughts continue all the time, but they might tire me out, distract me from meditation, or strain the mind. So maybe to let go of excessive imagination, even imagination that leads to a good quality. This is letting go of those thoughts for the purpose of settling, concentrating the mind and the heart. I think of it as letting go into dharmic presence, a more dharmic way of being. And the Buddha does use imagination in similes to talk about some of these ways of being. For example, the image of a lotus flower completely submerged in water from the tip of its petals all the way down its stem to its roots. No part untouched by the pure, clean water, immersed. So that's drawing an image that gives us a sense of what the perception, the actual perception of our minds might be when there's a lot of settledness and peace. Or another one is the image invoking in your imagination now of someone standing at a perfectly clear, still mountain lake, being able to see all the way to the bottom, the rocks, the shells, the fishes, all of the qualities of mind just unfolding with total clarity. Total clarity. So sometimes it's even helpful to use our imaginations to bring these images up in practice and then let them, let, let, let them go. But they evoke a sense of what it feels like. And then letting them go into a simple presence a simple shift of perception. Because sooner or later, all of these sort of drop away to a very pure and simple clarity, clarity of being with what is. So, relating to your imagination, to practice a sense of 
humility, honesty, gentle good humor with all these machinations our minds can make, and kindness. Kindness with what is, whatever that is. So thank you for your kind attention. Enjoy your practice.